Welcome back to 64, a chess podcast. I'm your host, David, coming at you live from Copenhagen. We are uh, we are live a couple of hours after the uh, Game 9 of the World Chess Championship. And my guest today, um, this is a, a bit of an impromptu episode, but I'm glad we're doing it, is uh, International Master Greg Shahadi. Uh, Greg is the founder of the New York Masters. You are the founder of the United States Chess School. You were the commissioner of the United States Chess League, which was a predecessor to one of my favorite events in chess, the Pro Chess League, of which you're also the commissioner. Greg is also an accomplished poker player um, and is the brother of Jennifer Shahadi, who I had on my show a couple of months ago. Go check out that episode. It was probably my favorite one I've done uh, so far. So go check that one out. It was a blast. And um, you got a lot of pressure because you got to beat that episode now. So um, how do you feel? Um I'm cool with second place. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, first of all, I just want to give a shout out to my sponsor, Aim Chess. You can use code David30 to get 30% off your first month with Aim Chess. Uh, your first month with your subscription. Go check them out. They got a lot of great features. They've done a lot of work to support the pod. And if you like the episodes I've been releasing, which I've been pumping out at a rapid pace lately, I got to say, um, if you want to support the work I do, you can uh, check me out on Patreon, patreon.com slash 64 podcasts. The link is in the description. Um, I guess we'll just get right into it. Um, probably what everybody wants to hear, and this is going to be some uh, hot takes here and whatnot. I actually don't think too many hot takes, but uh, did you watch the uh, ninth game of the World Chess Championship? All right, so some background. Uh, I go to bed really late. I wake up really late. So often when I wake up, the game's over. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so I, I, I did catch some of the game, though. I log, I, I like log on, and I go on to what, uh, the site, and it's like Black is just winning. It was a move right when White played C5, allowing C6. I was like, oh, that's weird, uh, I guess. And then I didn't know anything about the previous move so i'm like i wonder how long black's been winning for and i go back one move and it's like equal yeah. <laughs> <I'm> like what <laughs> um so that's my experience of the game like listen i there's one thing though that is kind of confusing to me you know i almost tweeted about it but like i don't like to get into twitter arguments anymore it just seems like a total waste of time but everyone's like so upset about these press conferences you know what i'm talking about oh i know it's i like, tweeted about it like, listen, these people are, he's playing for a million dollars, right? Like, I think second play, like, I don't know how much they get if they lose, but it's a lot of money. It's a lot, right? Yeah, like I think a, it's like $1.2 million, million for him, yeah. Okay, so, like, this is, this, he's not a baby, right? He's used to competing at the top level. When he loses, like, he's not, he doesn't need to go in the corner and cry and have his alone time. Like, they can ask tough questions, and he should be able to deal with it. It's not, every single sport does this, and I, I just find it, ridiculous that people are criticizing these I, I haven't heard the questions maybe some of them are actually no dumb, so, yeah i was gonna qu- say there are some there are some <laughs> yeah. questions that are i mean I, I i i agree with you the kind of stuff that ask him about like how are you feeling right now i mean you have to understand that like a lot of people I know how he's feeling right, <laughs> everyone, everyone yeah. knows but also like what let's say you, you're hired to go report you have to get your own quote for the magazine so a lot of them you're yeah. just asking these questions to say nepo said x y and z that you can't really blame them but there's some questions that people have asked. Like, I'll give you an example. I don't know if you saw this, but a couple of games ago, someone asked Magnus on his birthday um, because he shares a birthday with Winston Churchill. So she asked him, what's his favorite Winston Churchill quote? I mean, this is just like... <laughs> <laughs> and, 
You <laughs> well, I have five. There's of my top five. It's hard to choose. Yeah, you, know? you you can't make that up. I mean, this is someone who's been flown out to go to a world. I mean, it, the, like the questions have just been like some of them have just been absurd. Like like I mean, yeah. yeah. I, if that could get you knocking out laughing, you could just imagine. I think that was the game on his birthday was the was the first Petrov one. So there's that whole. Okay. Um, I mean, but it's the thing that I feel like is people are upset that. The, the journalists aren't like taking Nepo's feelings into account enough. And I, that I find just ridiculous. Like, yeah, I mean, he, it's he, the he, world championship, man. If, if you're going to ask a question that's going to make him break down and cry on stage, like that's, that's fine. You know I yeah. mean? Like, I, I don't know. I just, it just I irks me. Cause I don't, people don't do that in other sports and I don't know what chess is not any different. Like, yeah, it's like, I've lost a ton of chess games. It sucks, but like, you know, just deal with it. You move on. Yes. Yeah. You talk about how you're feeling. You're feeling sad. I mean, this is what they're paying you to do to answer these tough questions and to play good chess moves. Yeah. But I mean, then, then there's this, so. there's been in other sports like in tennis, like, right. Like Naomi Osaka stopped going to press conferences when she's like depressed about a thing. And I, I, I think that's whole, that sparked a whole other conversation, but I mean, in principle, I, I do agree. And I, well, I, I, I'm less upset well. about the, those kinds of questions, but there have just been some like really bizarre questions like, like, um, like for example, Magnus called the blunder today absurd, and Maurice yeah. basically to just to ask more questions. There's no point to ask. He says, "Why would you characterize it as absurd?" Like everyone in the entire, <laughs> like everyone in the world knows that abs- Like there's no need to quantify. There's no like a good reason why. So I I, I don't know. It's, mm-hmm. It is what it is, I guess. It was a it was a strange blunder, you know. It's like the bishop's stuck. Yeah. <laughs> can't yeah. go anywhere. I mean, I'll I'll be honest with you. Like, I I, yeah. I try to follow the games without an engine, and when I saw that move, I didn't realize. So you know, I I just thought, oh, that's interesting. It's in the position now because the knight moved, and then mm-hmm. then I switched on the commentary again because I was actually watching with my friend, and you hear that everybody yeah. is freaking out, and it's like, damn, like, yeah. How do you deal with kind of that that uh you know you've been playing chess for many years? How do you actually deal with like those kinds of crushing losses that you know you're you're out of you're out of competition in a tournament. You're, you, you know, you, you have no hope anymore. Like, how do you, how do you deal with that mentally? Well, this loss probably not that big of a deal because his chances were so small to begin with. Um, like, it looks worse than it. Like, it would be much worse if the match was even, right? Like, yeah. But, I mean, his, his chance to win the match down two is probably, like, it's under 5%. So, it's like, he didn't really lose that much. It's right. just kind of embarrassing. <laughs> um so I, I don't know, like, like right now, he knows he's going to lose. I mean, maybe, you know, he's trying to tell himself he has a chance, but in the back of his mind, he knows he's not going to win this match. Um, I mean, I, I guess before this game, you know, he's like, you know, if I can just win this game, I'm down by one, there's a chance. Right. And then like, now that chance is kind of out the window. But I think what's the saddest part is, you know, he cut his signature man bond and they flew in Karyakin to come back for a special support oh, yeah. and all this stuff. It's like he got all these extra resources and, you know, it was was his strategy was kind of working and then boom, it's all gone, you know, and it's three points. Yeah. I think he's psychologically rattled, you know. He's just, this happens sometimes when you kind of realize that you're, you just like realize that your opponent's like a little bit better than you or something and you just start to do weird things. Like, like he, the B5 blunder the day before is kind of weird. Um, like, like, I don't think he would make these mistakes against me. Like, if put this, put me, put him against me, 
same, you know, we're playing in some tournament. I think the chance that he plays C5 or B5 is just much lower. So you think, this I don't is know. Like I a, can't a prove it. Yeah. You, but you think this is like a residual of like, like maybe that game six where, where he got like, uh, you know, just basically ground down like, uh, like wheat in the mill. And, I think uh, it just at some point he just lost belief in himself. Maybe like, like, you know, outwardly shows it, but like, I just feel like there's some some of his confidence is just gone, and he he like there's a part of him that knows he's like there to lose the match. I, I'm just making stuff up. I could be wrong, but it just seems very strange what's happening. Like like there's just something in his head that's just like doesn't like he's he's not playing like solid. He's not okay. Just like just draw the game, man. Just like just relax, make some normal moves. You know, trade some queens off, see what happens. Instead, he's putting his king on f8, putting his rook on h6, blundering pawns. Um, it just seems strange. What do you think in, in about the whole like uh, production around the World Chess Championship this year? Because I think it's all been oh, it's... like a lot more high tech than than it has been even like three years ago, for example. Oh yeah, it's fantastic! It's fantastic. I like um, I like the uh, Fabiano Hess sequences. That's my that's favorite. The, that's, that's the best part. We need to keep those around after the match, you know. Fabiano has been. I've talked about some. I've been recording these like little recaps um, of the you know couple of matches every t before the mm -hmm. like the breaks. Fabiano has been incredible. I mean, I I was a I was a I was mm -hmm. kind of a fan of his before, but like I've I've, I've really been amazed by how how deep and insightful his commentary is. Seems like a great guy too. Yeah, yeah. Although he's, he's got a lot of profanity issues. Yeah, that that was uh, inexcusable. I mean, me and my my totally. children, my children are they are deep devout fans. <laughs> they saw that and they yeah. no longer play through Fabiano games anymore. I've banned it. Terrible. But yeah, he's a, he's he's a he's a good chess player, and um, his commentary is good. I, I I mean, I've seen a lot of the clips that are really nice. So, or just when you see the clips of him and Hess and Danny talking, it's they they do a great job together. Do you know um, Hess and, and, and Danny personally through your stuff with the yeah. Chess League? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know him from before that. I I, I knew Hess when he was six. Or <laughs> on, the, on the circuit, right? <laughs> no, no. I, I taught at some school that he was at when he was oh. like a little, little child. Very, very. He was like, it was like third and fourth graders and stuff. And then they had this other kid. And they're like, oh, he's really, he's really young, but like he's good. And it was like, he was like, he could barely speak. But he would just move the pieces. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I could beat him back then. So that was nice. And that was a little Bobby Hess. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was, like, I didn't understand that he was so talented. I don't know, I don't know what it means when you're five or six at that point. I was like 19, maybe. I, I just didn't quite understand that at his level or at his age, he was as good as he was. I see. Who were your contemporaries? Because I've talked, I talked a little bit about this. I don't remember if it was during the episode or after, but I talked a little bit like with your with your sister and also with with Ben Johnson, mm -hmm. who told me that you guys have also oh, yeah. known each other for a long time. But who of are course. your? We all went to school. And your your contemporaries, because uh, I I saw this tweet recently of uh, someone found in a secondhand bookstore like this, you know, this book of like the chess whizzes at the time, written by I think it was oh, Eric yeah. Schiller, and you were in there, mm -hmm. and I saw Hikaru was in there, and Asuka's brother. So like, were were they your contemporaries on the on the chess scene? Mm, I mean, Hikaru's like what ten years younger than me. Or something. I see. So I wouldn't call him my contemporary. I feel like my generation of chess players, nobody became like amazing at least in the world stage in the united states but there was if hype I'm around you and your some... sister right 
Sure, sure. I mean, like hype was different back then. There was, right. <laughs> it was, it was um, you know, you, you get your news in the Chess Life magazine when it when it comes out once a month. Love that magazine, by the way. Oh yeah, but there was no internet. I mean, there was the internet, obviously, but like when I was, it wasn't like it is now. Mm-hmm. You know, where where people are like going crazy on the internet. I, I think that kind of started when I was like sixteen, um, where there would be like chess news online. But when I was like real young, it was just you know, people across the country didn't really know who I was, even though I'm ranked like number two for my age. In the world or in the country? Oh, in the country. Who was who was number one? You know, it was different depending. It was always I was always number two. It was like uh, Jorge Samor Hasboon or like Igor Schlipperman. Uh, maybe not Schlipperman, but there, there was another person my age who would sometimes be ahead of me. I forget. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I kind of, you know, I only started playing chess fairly recently. So every time I learn like the chess lore in America, I mm-hmm. get very excited. Oh, Tal Shaked. I forgot about him. He's, he oh, was yeah, like maybe a year older than me and he won the world junior championship. So he was like somebody I'd compete with. But he was you, better than me at the time. With, uh, you, you, so you, you had this, you know, his career as a junior chess player and then mm-hmm. you eventually created the United States Chess League. I've learned a little bit about that through my podcast about the, like the Chicago Blaze. I had someone who was oh, yeah? reserve on that team. So I've learned. So mm-hmm. actually, I'll just kind of reveal. Um, maybe it's a good time to reveal, but I, I've been thinking about moving to YouTube. Um, but I think oh, the, the, yeah, it's a big it's a big transition. It's going to require a lot more work, but I think I'm not uh-huh. going to really do podcasts as much as I, I kind of want to make like little short like chess documentaries, basically. You know, kind of like oh, the yeah? sauce stuff and whatnot. So, um, the the first thing I kind of want to try to do is like I want to document like the the Wild West history of the <laughs> yeah. chess, like ICC <laughs> and, and you know Capilano Bridge and all of that. So uh-huh. I, I kind of find that whole because you know right now I think with with streaming and whatnot, people find you know online chess and pro chess like of course like I said I'm a huge fan of those games. Um, shout out New York Marshals by the way. Um, my hometown team, but um, I, I'm always like amazed when I hear about this, like this early history of like online chess, like Gary Kasparovers of the world and kind of stuff that we can never have again because of engines, but also like just without a lot of the infrastructure we have today with Twitch and Discord and whatnot, mm-hmm. we still had these cool, cool tournaments and stuff going on. So I don't know. I was kind of curious. Gary about... Kasparov, he used to come on the internet chess club and talk to me as a guest. Really? Yeah. As a guest, like, what do you mean? He wouldn't have like an account. He would come on as a guest. It's like a, you could come on as a guest. Like you couldn't, you didn't have all the access to like all the different. Uh, it's like an anonymous account. On features. Or yeah. And then he would just come and chat with me about some things for like a small period in my life. Why you? It's a long story. <laughs> I got time. There's a reason. There's, there's no, I mean, I shouldn't talk about this. Okay. That's fine. Reasons. We only played one game. We played one Bliss game and he got lucky. You almost got him. Yeah, I didn't actually. Um, it wasn't like I got blown out. But I did lose the game. But but that's interesting. So yeah, that's that's actually fascinating. So how long did that go on for? Yeah, I don't know. A few months. I mean, we wouldn't talk every day. Just like yeah. every now and then, he'd just pop up and be like, "You know who this is." He <laughs> 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 wouldn't say it like that. I mean, it's funny, funny. Kaspar was very good in a different slightly different era um 
but you just crush everybody. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, you know, these opening novelties and like just people didn't have the computer firepower to like, be like it would just be a move that nobody, they'd never seen it before. And he'd have mm -hmm. done tons of work on it. And it just, that almost never happens these days. People just, because everyone has the same engines, right? So like, even if you see, find a move that's never been played before, there's a good chance your opponent knows about it. Like it's right. been played in like their laboratory, which almost was never the case when Kasparov would spring some new line, it would really be new. And people would just be like, just have no idea what's happening. Yeah. So he's kind of the father <laughs> of, of modern day chess in a way, in that sense. I mean, yeah, would, right? I think so. Yeah. I mean, also like his, his uh, longtime trainer, Dukayan passed away recently. And uh, I, oh. I remember looking at a lot of, a lot of stories about about exactly what you're saying the opening novelties kind of springing these insane ideas on people mm -hmm. like in the 90s and even early 2000s but um yeah i mean i think um i mean even even comparing to today right like you know magnus is on the verge of winning yet another world chess championship title and he'll have been mm -hmm. uh already basically for close to 10 years i think the next mm -hmm. championship is in 2023 probably so that's yeah. gonna be ten years for him. And uh, do you think? Do you think it's time to uh, end that debate, Kasparov Carlson? Do you think that there's one that's no, no, Kasparov is great for so long. Like the fact that he lost the world championship, he was still the best in the world for another still number one, like, yeah, for four years, yeah, for like seven years or whatever, yeah, whatever number of years it was. Um, he was the best for like twenty years, like. And like completely dominant, like not even a consideration that anyone's like better than him. The dominance is more important than the than the than the skill. Yeah, I, I think they're about the same, honestly. Like I don't think there's that big of a difference between ten and fifteen years. Like mm -hmm. you can't help it if somebody good comes along. It's not like you know, it just happens. <laughs> uh like like somebody could have just happened to be better. <laughs> <laughs> than they were and like giving Kasparov more trouble 10 years before but it didn't happen that way yeah not at all yeah I mean the, 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 those those all, all those debates are a little contrived too aren't they yeah you know, it's kind of like the the Jordan LeBron thing like yeah although yes yeah like they're both great <laughs> yeah that's kind of what I mean Although uh -huh. I'm personally, I'm, I'm, it's hard. I'm, I'm always six and zero, baby. That's that's always gonna be. I'm always gonna be a LeBron doubter until he gets his sixth. Then we can talk. Oh no, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so you're you're LeBron's, you're. I mean, basketball's a team sport. It's ridiculous. Like he's playing against. Am I allowed to curse in this podcast? Yeah, you can curse. I'll just throw the expert. Right. I'm ahead. not. Right. <laughs> I'll try. Warning! Not to. Warning! I mean, He's playing against like Stephen Curry and Kevin Durant, and he has like a bunch of bums, and it's like, it's ridiculous. It's like a ridiculous comparison. Like Jordan had the best team. Like like these other players are really good. I mean, even when Jordan left, they what they finished second in the conference, like without their best player. It's it's just a joke. Um, LeBron, very. I'm not saying he's better than Jordan. I'm saying like to say that Jordan's better than him for these reasons is absurd. Because yeah. like you really do need you do need good teammates. Like you, if Pippen didn't exist, and he just like he probably wouldn't win like two championships at the most. Um, maybe none. 
Maybe none, but probably well, even one. Scotty Pippen uh, is is very upset about the Last Dance documentary because of this, because it was like a Michael Jordan production, and he felt it kind of painted him as the quote unquote ultimate team player, and didn't actually give him enough respect as like a monster in his own. Well, life. you know, Pippen's good, but Jordan's much better. You know, yeah. Pippen wasn't going to win those championships on his own, whereas Jordan might have. Maybe not all of them, but no, nah, this just. You know, I put them in similar, similar levels because I, I think LeBron, if he had the right team, he could win just every year, like just 10 years in a row. Like, right. just he's so good. He's played for so long. Every year he's like super dominant. But you know, I mean, you the think other you th- put him in Golden State instead of Durant? Like, yeah. you think they're not going to win the championship? It's no, like, 100%. Of course they're going to win. All those in the- <laughs> As a Nets fan, I'm very happy that we have Kevin Durant, though. I will just say that. Um, oh yeah, but uh, you got you got some problems on your team. Though. You got you got some anti-vaxxers. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's uh, that's been. Yeah, I don't even get me started. Mm. I mean, I don't even know what to say about that. It's just it's been just depressing. I actually drafted Kyrie yeah. on my on my fantasy team because I'm still holding yeah. out hope that he'll get the thing someday, or the restriction will change, and then I'll get like a massive boost to my mm-hmm. I know people people think they signed up for a chess podcast but it's like it's been basketball mm-hmm. computers but actually you know on that topic the thing about basketball and like the Jordan LeBron thing is it is that that, that aspect of the team right but if we look at the if we yeah. look at the, the the championship now and I, I think this goes back to what we were saying like yes it's true that like with athletes like the the suffering is part of it in the press conference but mm-hmm. you are your own mistakes in chess I think it's yeah. like amplified. Like I know, like when I've played other games, if I'm, if I'm playing shitty in League of Legends or whatever, I just blame my teammates and I get some sleep. But oh yeah, with, totally. With you you curse them out in the chat too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I've been toxic in my in my own. Actually, I, the amount of times I've gotten muted on Chess.com for. So I was playing a friendly Blitz game with like one of my coach's other students. We we trained together. He mm-hmm. must be like he's way better at Blitz than me, so he just crushes me. I think he wins like four mm-hmm. to one games whenever we play. But I I I, just, I wasn't even cursing at him. He's like we're we're friendly, but I I cursed in the chat and I got like chat okay. banned for seventy two hours. Oh, auto banned you. Yeah. yeah, and it's like what the hell, man? Like there should be room for a little bit of toxicity in chat, right? A little bit. Got to control yourself. Got to. Control you have it. to control yourself, of course. I'm not saying like anything like. But you got to make a a Twitch stream and just curse out loud on Twitch. Yeah. So some people got their got their fame right being toxic on in chess right. That's. Uh, mm-hmm. We need you know, we need some chess bad. I'll be the bad boy of chess podcasting. That's what oh, I yeah. decided. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> so you know, speaking about uh, about chess streaming and whatnot. Um, you know, we, I mentioned the pro chess league, but you, you, we we teased it a little bit, but um, like uh, before we recorded. But but what do you have planned for twenty twenty two? Because I, I we, we tried the arena royale. Sure. So here's the thing. I can't really tell you. <laughs> oh we have some stuff planned. Stuff is in the works, and I'm excited about it. But you know, it's it's still in the works. It's still negotiations. Everything's being figured out. So I can't really say anything. What I would know it take for me to play in the hear. Pro Chess League, do you think? Because I'm about 2,000 Rapid online. Do you think I have a shot at playing in the Pro Chess League? Is there a chance? No. But <laughs> <laughs> not now. Like if yeah. you study real hard, hunker down, you know, devote your life to chess, drop out of whatever your schooling is, 
maybe someday yeah maybe someday I'll yeah maybe you. we'll have like minor league and who knows the future of the pro chess league right but next season your chances are low well, I, I don't know if you've seen this actually, but Lee, Lee Chess has this, this they're like this Bundesliga basically where people just create teams. It's like 18 divisions. Yeah. That's pretty oh, yeah. cool. I don't know. I, no, I, totally. It's just like automated. Yeah. It's like the top three teams, they get promoted. I think there's a cash prize. In oh. the top leagues or something. It's really cool. It's very, and it's organized. You know, I, I, I always play on chess.com, a big chess.com fan, of course, but, um, mm-hmm. but I, I wish that there was something like that where you can just get a couple of buddies and, and uh and, and and you know kind of do something like that so maybe maybe i don't know yeah i think that would that would be something really cool because obviously the yeah, i, think there, is a ton I of think there is on chess.com but i forget the name of it they have like the, the club I, they have these club matches that i've i've played in actually a couple that's for, not like, what i mean uh, somebody wrote to me about it that's and, and it's running and it's like 200 teams um but i i don't remember all the details off the top of my head I guess, like you know, when we talk about like like the, how you know the esportsification of chess online and whatnot, you know, when when you if mm-hmm. you're playing like uh, Rocket League, I don't know if you've ever played Rocket League before, but I haven't. But I yeah. know about it. But yeah, car soccer. But when, I, I in college, like I I I created this like esports team for my college, and we were terrible. But you know, we played in the college league or whatever. But also, like we could just enter these tournaments and just at, at our level play against each uh, people at similar level and like work towards you know mm-hmm. winning trophies and whatnot i thought that was really cool and i'm kind of surprised that in the online sphere that nobody's tried to do that yet like really in a, in mm-hmm. a highly publicized way i'm sure the feature exists somewhere in chess.com but even chess.com yeah. certainly leech has been this league it's all kind of like hidden and i think it'll mm-hmm. be cool no totally it'd be cool team chess is always fun yeah, I would love to have friends because that way I could play in a team. So, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, I, I remember sometime last year there was this big uh, controversy with uh, with the cheating scandal in the Pro Chess League. So I, I'm kind of wondering. Oh like, yeah. How how did how? Oh, did so you actually... want... Yeah, I want the the tea basically. Man, that's so long ago. I don't even remember back. <laughs> yeah. What was that like? Twenty twenty like September twenty twenty. September. Yeah. That's like gotta 10 be years honest, in COVID man. times. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like that's not something that's crossed my mind in a while. Um, I, I can I can say I'm really impressed with Chess.com's cheat detection <laughs> um, department. You know, I, I think they're really on top of things. They work really like people don't know what's going on. I know some things. I know how hard they work. How many people there are working on it. Like, they take this very, very seriously, and they're working around the clock. Strong players, too, like mathematicians, strong players, everybody. Like, I don't think people realize how much is going on when it comes to cheat detection and how seriously they take every case, how much work they put into it. Uh, It's because I get to see the stuff, you know? It's not, it's no joke what they're doing. Like, it's actually shocking. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I'm just shocked. Like, like how do they spend this much resources on something like this? But they do. And and they've been doing it for so long. They know what to look for. Like, like trust me, it's, it's a really good, they do a really good job. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I know that people always complain about the, the fair play team and, uh, and how they no, don't do the anything. But it makes sense. Yeah, know? they can. They can't reveal anything. Yeah. Like, but I can. I can reveal that I trust them <laughs> from like what I see. Like, I would. I have no reason to 
Right. Like if they're doing shady things, you know, that would that would make me feel good. But I mean, they they're very ethical. And they work super hard, and they're looking at everything. Like the things they look at, like it's just really intense. With with regarding to pro chess league, like um, you're, you're as a commissioner of the league, like your perspective on um, you know, the, there's this big opportunity now, obviously, with a lot of new people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, you know, a lot of people were streaming the Serena Royale, like for Hikaru was playing for the Brazil, like I think yeah. for the Sao Paulo team, I think that was pretty mm-hmm. funny. Um, which is also something cool about an online league, right? You can remember like, whoever team. you want. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I forget mm-hmm. if it was, yeah, it was definitely the Brazilian team, but, um, well, what are you, uh, like what, what's your thoughts on this kind of this opportunity right now? Like to, just to get a whole like new generation of fans and like, like, do you, like, how do you, how do you think the next few years are going to look for the online chess scene beyond just like title Tuesdays and maybe this Magnus Carlsen tour or whatever? I think it's great. Um, you know, one thing that I've noticed a lot is like, like, so I'm in, I was in Vancouver the other like, few weeks ago, a month ago, and I'm at a party and, you know, people find out how to play chess. Right. And like, they're like, oh my God, you know, like, you know, Gotham chess. It's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I know played him and I am not a genius. Match with him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like multiple people like Gotham chess is like a worldwide celebrity. So like chess is doing really, really good when just anywhere I go is like random people know who, who he is. Uh, they know other people. So like these names are getting propped up and slowly throughout time, there's going to be more of them, <clears throat> um, more events. Like, like everything just seems great. Like it's, I, I don't, I mean, chess is a great game. It's good to test the time. It's not the kind of game that like people get bored of usually. I would say the opposite. Um, I think you kind of get like yeah. addicted to it and spiral when you should be doing and other so, things. You just play chess all day. That's just me. Yeah, now we have like a lot of good representatives. They're super cool, doing good things on stream for the world. They're great players. They're making chess accessible for everyone. So I, I you know, I think a lot of good things are, are coming in the future. Yeah, I think so too. How do you think that's going to translate to the OTB scene, though? Because you know, a lot of people are, are you know, they're OTB. OTB. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, that is. I don't yeah, know. I don't know how much how much you think the OTB scene matters, even. But but uh, you know, oh, I mean, it matters because it, it matters because you can see this world championship match. People care. Um, it's just gonna. It's. I don't think OTB chess is gonna matter less. I just think internet chess is gonna matter a little bit more as time goes on. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I'm sure more people will play OTB. It's like weird now because of COVID. So there's maybe people who would play who maybe don't just because right. it's not. Maybe they don't think it's the safest thing to do. So it's hard to say. I think we'll know more in a few years. Uh, one problem with OTB chess tournaments is they sometimes like really weird. <laughs> it's like, you know, you don't have chess.com running the event. You have like some, some weirdos. Uh, no offense. I'm obviously with some great chess tournament organizers but a lot of them are not designed to be like the most glamorous and pleasant experience they're more like just working you to the bone right um so i i hope that like they just become more of like a like a luxury type thing without also being inaccessible to people yeah 
Well, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I've only played at the Marshall Chess Club, so my whole perspective is is incredibly skewed because it's such a nice um, place, such a yeah, nice Marsh atmosphere. Um, yeah, Marshall's pretty cool. I just like seeing the little. I like seeing the little trinkets yeah. from other World Championship matches and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Marshall is a super historic place. I love them. Did you? I uh, played there a lot, of course. Did you play in the Manhattan Chess Club? I did. Rest in peace. Did you have a preference between the two? No. Um, no, I like them both. Yeah, well, there's only one that's still standing, so. Yeah, yeah, but like, they, you know, the Manhattan had a, a nice blitz tournament once a week where some GMs would play, and this was at a time when I really wanted the chance to play GMs, and it was like a round robin, too, mm -hmm. so it was, I think every week I would play like Joel Benjamin, John Fedorowicz. Uh, wow. There's another one who was always there. I can't even remember who it was. And, you know sometimes i'd win so it would just be like it was another that was a thing that they had that the marshall didn't have but the marshall had the thursday night tournament which was really cool and then they have good weekend tournaments it was great for me coming up when i was like 18 19 20 living in new york but it's you know it's also like the the, the tournament scene is similar like i i remember trying to get into magic the gathering those like those mm -hmm. tournaments and it's the exact same thing like you, you you can go to one place one card store or you know game shop or whatever and have an amazing time yeah. and go to another and just be run by complete like bozo weirdos like you have so much yeah and it literally is the make or break between how enjoyable like your experience will be mm -hmm. so maybe maybe that is something that you the, that people need to in terms of hiring people to run these tournaments like that is something that's kind of important well you know not just the organizers like there are some there's a lot of cool people in chess. Like chess is getting cooler, if that means anything. But there's also a bunch of like people who uh, are trouble. <laughs> they're just like every, especially for a woman. Like they're just like creepy dudes, just yeah, staring at women's games and just following them around, and making their life difficult. Um, yeah, I don't know how we deal with that. I think it's happened to many of my friends. Like these guys are just like feel what's the word they'll feel like entitled to their attention, you know, emboldened to harass women, basically. Yeah, like these big tournaments, I feel like it happens a good amount. And I, I yeah, I, I feel like honestly, the organizers should be more on top of it. And like realize that it's a problem, say things about it. But it's tough, it's tough to deal with. Yeah, your, your sister did talk to me a little bit about some of these initiatives, like the you know having like an adult, uh, you know, in a in a room at all times with uh, when there's like scholastic tournaments, for example, to prevent that kind of stuff. And I also remember it's like, not even uh, kids, you know, it's not just kids. It's yeah, like yeah, they harass a lot of people. But as I mean, the there's already so few women in chess, and you know, we had this like kind of watershed moment with Queen's Gambit, so I. It, Mm -hmm. more now more important than ever i mean i'm honest honestly i've only played like 20 something otp games in my life i i, I you know I, I grew my chess career has started only by using the computer basically it's how i'm most comfortable so mm -hmm. i've i don't really have that much connection to it and but i feel like uh like that that's that, that really is like a like a team effort like everybody just gotta make sure that, that, that it's women tough can... though you know yeah of course it's like what do you say if just somebody's watching a woman's game more than they should be? like what can you actually say like it's a hard thing to to police right 
Um, but like, you know, imagine, I, I mean, listen, I don't know what's going on through heads. I've just talked to different people and like, I've talked to young girls and they're like, you know, just people watch my game a lot more than, <laughs> more than as usual. And I don't know, I can feel like, I can feel like some weird energy coming your way or something. I'm anyway, curious. I'm not, again, I'm not a big right. expert on this right, subject. Right, of course, of course. But I'm, I'm curious woman, now, like, girl. like new, new generation coming in. I wonder, I wonder like, like, um what what you know the 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 let's say the the people who are going to their first ocp tournaments you know the the girls and women who watch queen's gambit yeah. with their family or whatever and they're going out i i wonder like what what their experiences are hopefully hopefully all positive um i see like on twitter mm-hmm. like a lot of like you know new streamers and whatnot going to their local chess club for the first time it seems like they're having a good time so i hope it's cool I hope it's yeah i mean i haven't even, i haven't been to a chess live chess tournament in two years i don't know what's going on at the moment well, maybe maybe we'll go um, to a tournament together and tape 64 podcast live at it oh yeah yeah i don't know i'm just vamping <laughs> it's been a very laid-back episode though i'm, I'm, I'm glad oh like, should oh, i be less laid back no 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 not at all it's 11 p.m. Oh. here i'm 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 chilling now i'm fully in chill mode i had my my little yeah hard cider i like chill mode i like chill mode yeah what's uh you you live in philly right what's the chess scene like in philly um man <laughs> you know i'm hitting hard hitting so, questions today making you think yeah i mean they do like some stuff in the park like uh, two times a week they set up this like well now it's freezing outside so maybe they don't do it as much but like they play in the park a little bit there's not really a chess club i always felt like chess is really has some stuff going on but i always felt based, given our size that our chess scene is less than it should be and it could be more Mm-hmm. if the right people wanted it to be but that just hasn't quite happened yet um so like, like for as an example if you look in charlotte right they have the charlotte chess club and that just really helps boost things and whereas we don't quite have something like that in philadelphia whereas we could we could have you know, some young people just like let's make a big chess club here let's invite top players to play tournaments regularly but it doesn't happen do you think that there needs to be like I, I guess like there needs to be like uh, like a change in the guard basically right now in the chess world at least in America maybe to to, to kind of modernize and uh, and and you know welcome some change. I, I mean know. it's funny because we started talking about you know when you you you're you were like uh, the chess scene basically what I'm trying to say is the chess scene you grew up in mm-hmm. was a far cry from what we have today right and you guys kind of got to witness that change and now. Uh, you know what is the next step basically over the board chess well i mean make the games a little faster for sure really so you uh, think cla- move away from classical oh make them a, i don't know just make them a little faster like make them a speed where there's no chance that you will have to go 11 hours without eating <laughs> uh something like that yeah. where it just never ever will happen like you will always get a reasonable size lunch break or dinner break or whatever it needs to be um because i i just it's just not cool <laughs> it's just not yeah cool. i think america's like the can't only eat, like yeah and america's the only country that makes you play like let's say two classical games in a day i just like i i've never yeah, seen any I other mean, country that does that like like classical classical i mean that's like that, that's that's really hard if your game's gonna go six hours or whatever and then you have a second round so, yeah, and there's no like in between. Like, like you know, game ninety is pretty slow. Like that's like or something around the the length of like a three to 
four hour game, which is to me is still extremely long. Right. But we have like kind of the five plus hour game as the standard, which is just, it's just too much, man. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, two games a day is just too much. I, I think in general, it's too much. Like I, I, I just don't, I think it's too long. Like these people, they, they you've given Magnus and Nepo all this time. He's still blundering pawns. Like what the hell? They're going to blunder anyway. Why right. let them, let them finish their game an hour faster. Well, I like Thursday action at Marshall. So I think it's like 25 minutes. Yeah. It's, it's enough. To yeah, get like 25 plus five. Yeah, a little delay to just to, you know, save you in time trouble if you need it, but not without like keeping the pressure. So I think it's it's, mm-hmm. it's a great time control. I've, I've loved it. That's good. But I'm saying there's something in between that and the classical that, that would work. Like, I, I don't care what the time control is, man. I want it to be faster, but like you have to let people eat and sleep mm-hmm. comfortably and get physical fitness. Like, I think you shouldn't have a format where you can't do that also. So, like, those things are really important to me. And I'm not interested in ever playing in a thing where I can't, I don't know if I'm going to get to eat a relaxed meal, sleep enough hours, or work out. Like, I'm just not interested at all. And I never will be. How about chess boxing? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Um, I don't know why it has to, few, I don't know why it has to be boxing. It could, it could be like, yeah. I mean, I like mixing, I guess, physical activity with chess. I have this crazy idea kind of... for, for something like that. Chess swimming. You do a relay race with your opponent and every time you do a lap, oh, yeah. that gets timed, but then you have to make the move on the way back and then you go do your next lap. Yeah. And it's all this kind of stuff you can do. I feel like it's mostly gimmicky. Uh, it's just like a fun little thing to do here and there, but you know, they, they're probably best separate. Yeah. <laughs> Chess and boxing, probably. Yeah. I guess I'll, we'll end this episode with this. I have a little sponsored section. Um, it's called... Oh, yeah? It's, yeah. It's uh, Instant Insights sponsored by Aim Chess. This is my 10th episode, so I got a... Oh, I like yeah. instant stuff. Yeah, it's just some short questions. Now, one of the questions mm-hmm. I ask is like Carlson or Nepo, but that's not going to be a question anymore. Um, just because, mm-hmm. you know, I think we, we know how that's going to go, so... Uh, I mean, I would answer the same thing before now. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, almost nobody picked Nepo, which is kind of sad. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not really that surprising, right? I mean, he was an underdog going in. Mm-hmm. He, he knew what it was going to be like, but... Yeah. Damn. No, what we... what I, I just... I'm really happy Magnus is going to win just because I, I think what could really make the chess world go nuts is if Ferrugia qualifies. You know, like... That will be like the biggest match ever. That's literally Kasparov. Or at least in the last yeah. 20. Yeah, it'll be just huge. It'll be a finally a match where you don't know who's going to win. Yeah. Or you don't even know who's the favorite. And you're like, because in two years, think about how good Perugia will be. And if he wins the candidates, which is unfortunately very difficult. That's that's the one problem with the candidates. is Even if Perugia is the best, the chance of him winning is not that high. I just, there's too many other good players. So one of them could just happen to have a good tournament. But I, if that match happens, we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm. I, All right, I, sorry. I, yeah, no, no. I, it's I haven't even I haven't we haven't started, but I, I'm just. Uh, mm-hmm. I, the, even the age difference we talked about this on like my last podcast before the World Championship. The age difference between Carlson and Ferruja is identical to the one between Kasparov and Karpov, and Carlson would have been mm-hmm. world champion for ten years, just like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Karpov was yeah so but it's I mean, also different it's like yeah Carlson's so good 
six. <laughs> so well, like, it's hard to imagine. Was like, not a pushover by any means. You know? No, I know, I know. Um, yeah, I, I, it'll be great if it happens. It's just yeah. so hard to qualify. I just want to see Hikaru make the candidates one more time. I that's just that's what. I'm oh saying. well, he's not one day maybe, but like Ray. the problem we got with what's up? He's gonna play the Grand so, Prix though, so. Uh-huh. So what? One thing we have the problem we actually have for the candidates is like Magnus was very, very, very lucky to have won when he did and beat Anon. The last like, round loss, yeah. He, yeah, he almost didn't make it, and then all of chess history is different, right? And then he has to win it again next time. It's so hard to win a tournament. Like, what percentage of tournaments that Carlson plays in does he win? It's not like it's high-ish, but like he doesn't win them all, even though he's clearly far and away better than everybody in the tournament. Right. And when you have a tournament like this, the candidates run with a kind of a tournament format. Like, I don't know. I, I just know no matter how no matter how good Faruja is, it doesn't matter. Like he just has to play well for two weeks and there's a lot of luck involved um but on the other hand if somebody like fabiano does win that'll also be big because yeah you know, he's a good so player too. he's show, he's proved himself so who do we not want to, i mean any either of those two i think will be a big match everyone else will be kind of a letdown unless i'm forgetting some big names i think ding maybe ding but the truth is i think everybody's forgetting about ding yeah ding, I, come on ding is no, <laughs> no yeah. he's good, but he's not going to beat Magnus, and it's not that it's not that exciting of a player. Yeah, Fabiano is. I, I think feel... the uh, Kar- Karyakin, Honestly, Karyakin, I think uh, he he's gotten back into form too. I think I think Karyakin, uh He's going to be gonna the win. candidates. Uh, yeah. Well, I yeah. I think the only person, in my opinion, the only person. I mean, again, what do I know about chess? But in my opinion, the only person who can win against. Magnus in a match is Fabiano Caruana. I really believe that. I think Ferruja. Well, I think Ferruja too in two years. Two years. Yeah, in two years. Now, two years. But I'm saying as of right now, I think the only person is probably Fabiano. I don't think anybody else is is at the same the same level. I think that's pretty crazy. Also, to th- I, was, I was kind of thinking about like the the recent Star Wars movies today, like how they mm-hmm. had like this whole. I don't know what you think about the recent Star Wars movies, but that whole thing with like Ray and Kylo. I don't Ray. watch Star Wars. Okay. Well, basically, it's like. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, they, they, the, the recent trilogy was not very good, but they, the whole mm-hmm. this whole storyline, you know, where the the basically two of the only force wielding people in the universe, people, you know, that the, they're so powerful, even though they're like on opposite sides of you know good versus evil, that they have this very real connection. And Magnus, who does he really have in the chess world that's really at his level? Who who has he had since he's been the world championship? Since he's been like the world champion, like, like that's really been at his like stratosphere. Fabiano mm-hmm. basically, I think, is the only person who who, who yeah. got, got there to some Get close, but not quite. Yeah, not, not quite. Not, but I would say not see, quite there. But know, at least you can talk about it, and like, and the the you can imagine Fabiano beating them, right? Like, if there's a match, it could happen. That's it's not like say, whoa, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's right. like, It could it could happen. I mean, right. he'd be a big underdog still, but. You know, if, if once if anyone who gets through the candidates has already a lot of hype behind them because it's just a tough tournament to get through, and it's going to be even tougher next year with it's going to be Nepo, it's going to be Perugia, it's going to be Duda, Fabiano, who else? Duda, Duda okay, Karyakin, um, Karyakin. You tell me who's in. <laughs> that's there's only two more. There's spots, some Grand right? Prix happening, right? Yeah, well, yeah, we're forgetting one of them. Is Rajabov in? Did they? Yeah, Rajabov automatically qualified exactly instead of the. Okay. So there's only two spots left, and, and that's then, coming from the Grand Prix. Yeah, which is going to have like MVL and, and all these guys who missed it already. So cool. 
Hikaru said he's going to play. I, I, I'm, I actually, it's going to be in Berlin and then I think Belgrade and then Berlin again. So I actually, I'm going to see if I can fly to Berlin. Is it just again. three events? Yeah. It's a, it's like, okay, a, that's a, good. you can only play two, I think of the three, so, like, uh... you have to pick, which is actually going to be interesting logistically. Cause it's like, it goes from Berlin. Then I think it's Belgrade, Serbia. I'm not sure. Um, yeah. And back to so, Berlin. So you how how many players it. in each event? 10? It's 24. Let me check. Yeah, it's 24. It's 24. It's going to have Liren, Aronian. Sorry, what's 24? 24 players in the Grand Prix. 24 players? So yeah. each tournament is what? 16? Wait. Yeah. Each and they 16. all play. You play two of the three. Wow. Events. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be. Uh, and it's going to go. Sick. It's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna be really cool. I mean, I why aren't more spots determined like this? I mean, this is like gonna be like an awesome tournament to follow. And like, I I just I think it's gonna be. It also, yeah. if you look at the lineup, like every everyone is like above like twenty six fifty. So like, it's gonna be like hmm. uh, it's gonna be a really sick tournament to follow. Some just awesome games. Like, I think anyone. Here's the thing though. Would be cool. Why not just have one tournament? <laughs> instead of three because it's kind of a bummer that the, some people in the running won't be in the last tournament yeah yeah also but the thing is you have to pick like two of the three so like i think it's berlin and then yeah. belgrade and then berlin again so like that's but like, i feel like it's a weird. big advantage to be in the final tournament because you will know what score you need and you right, will maybe exactly. be able to jockey for draws at the end so right. it just feels a little unfair actually but whatever Better than also, nothing. But it's also like with travel, right? Let's say if you're coming from America, like, are you gonna just maybe rent an Airbnb for three months in Berlin and and just like like sure, like you may as well do that, right? Because like, why would you go to Berlin and then Belgrade and then back, or go from Berlin Belgrade and then miss the third leg and, and ruin your chances? Or on the other, I, I don't know. I just think that the the concept of the location moving is is. I, I mean, I'm sure that at the top level, that's nothing new. I know there are a lot of tournaments with yeah. the novelty of travel, like internationally, as part of it, but like. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, I think it's it's gonna be a uh, it's gonna be a fun event. I think all the all the events. The World Cup was sick. I mean, the Grand Swiss was sick. It's been. We so should awesome. just have two tournaments. One person makes it from each one. That's it. Boom, boom. Yeah, that's. I think that would be fair. Because the we, candidates is decided. Whoever wins the candidates goes to the World Championship. So why not do the same thing that the candidates does, but to get into the candidates? It's like more grueling to get into the candidates than it is to get from there to the World Championship. Right. I think also anyway, like, with the with the candidates, like, do you think that that format should change maybe, like in terms of qualifying? If it was just the number two mm. in the world at the time or whatever, you'd just have a big race for for term for people just playing tournaments against you know twenty six hundreds and whatnot. And uh, I guess it's okay. The more I think about it, the more okay it is. Just because, like, let's say you're fifty points better than everyone in the world, you're gonna win candidates you know some decent percentage of the time not not all the time but like i don't know enough (laughs) i don't know how to like eliminate like in the world championship particularly i want the best players but it's unless you have a match that's like a tournament that's like 30 games long it's really hard well no one thing you can do is just have like faster time control yeah that's true and then usually the best player will win every time except for fabiano who's a little worse at the faster games. Although he's gotten better at that too, I think, recently. At least if, when he played in some of these rapid and. Oh, what I mean is, you could have like a sixty-four game event, right? Where just whoever's best is just going to win. Yeah. Um, but again, it's a little different than classical. Hikaru is much better at rapid than classical. Yeah, Fabiano's. Fabiano, I think, is worse. 
But, oh, okay. I mean, we saw that, yeah. It'll be fun. It'll be fun to watch. I think, um, yeah, I'm wondering... And it's a hard format, so a good player will win. I, it's also like the candidates is it's like a, it's like a life changing thing, you know, like like whether it, it is a real achievement to win that, given how how good people are and how much prep. And like I, I'm wondering also just because of COVID, like Nepo lost that horrible game to MVL in the last round, and then mm-hmm. there was that break. And you know, Magnus talked about Norway chess on this like podcast before the World Championship about how Nepo has this like proclivity to like break down after a bad loss and doesn't have the kind mm-hmm. of the mental. And I wonder if maybe the fact that the candidates got postponed halfway prevented a similar kind of meltdown on the candidates and allowed him to consolidate and get a whole year of new prep. It's an interesting theory anyway. Who knows? Who yeah, knows? Who knows? I mean... <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a weird tournament. Yeah. Anyway, I will. Uh, I guess we'll end off this episode with uh, HS Instant Insights where... Uh, don't forget, right, you I'm ready. What does that mean? What are the rules? The rules are, I'm just going to ask you a couple of these questions I have written down, and there are eight of them. Mm-hmm. Now, one of okay. them, I'm just going to kind of just ask a random question at some point, and you're going to have to answer, because mm-hmm. I'm going to have to get rid of one. It's not World Championship season anymore. Okay. Um, but uh, you just answer, answer. it could be as long or as short as, as you want of an answer. You know, just a lot of them are about stories and whatnot, so so you'll you'll see. It's okay. nothing. All right, let's do it. Fun. So, yeah, this is Instant Insights sponsored by AimChess. Don't forget, you can use code DAVID30 to get your first month um, 30% off with AimChess uh, when you subscribe to their service. Uh, go check that out. It's a lot of fun. Helps me. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to get right into it. Uh, first question. This is uh, the one that my fans love the most. Uh, do you prefer knights or bishops? Uh, well, bishops, because they're just better. And on a <laughs> this boring answer, but, like, on average, you just... You want to trade your knight for a bishop, usually. So you're a big um, bishop pair enthusiast. Yes, I don't even understand why. I, I like I, I've learned this later. I'm just like, if you get the bishop, somehow it's good. <laughs> it just often turns out to be true. So yeah, I, I like the bishops. I had a bliss game today in Title Tuesday where I was trying to get the bishops the whole time. What's your best finish in Title Tuesday? I'm curious. You know, I just had a really good result last week. I had a really good result. Which my, was my highest performance rating ever. It was like twenty nine hundred. Wow! But it was like it was funny because I wasn't even going to play. I went to the twelve o'clock CrossFit class, and it ends at like one, and the tournament starts at one. And I'm just like, you know what? Screw it! I'm just going to play from the gym. <laughs> uh, so at like twelve fifty six, I'm like shirtless, still sweating. I get out my phone. I just decide whatever. I'll play if it like doesn't work out. I can quit or something. And I win my first game. And then the second round, I'm paired with a 3,000. People were talking to me. People were like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, chess. Oh. Uh, and then I beat a 3,000 in round two. I'm like, damn. Uh, and then I have to walk home at some point. I'm playing on the street while I'm walking oh, home. I... Like, I stop at the corner when it's my move. And somehow I had my highest performance ever in these conditions. So it's really strange. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's crazy, though. That's, uh, but that's, that's I, had, I had eight. I had eight out of 11, which isn't like, I think I've had eight and a half before, but I had a higher rating then. So I was playing like, uh, my performance rating was lower just because I got pared down a bunch of games, you know, mm-hmm. whereas this one I beat like four or five, 2,800 plus people. Yeah. I mean, that's another thing that's nice about online chess is just be, being able to take it with you anywhere. Like, can't really do that if you're mm-hmm. like a... Yeah, I'm, I think I'm a little weaker on the phone, but whatever. Uh, one thing I hate about playing on the phone is I really like, uh, what's it called? Focus mode, where you don't see your opponent. The rate. I do not want to know who I'm playing. 
I would prefer to have no information about it and just play like, I just assume, cause it's like all psychology really matters. And I'm naturally very confident, but sometimes when I see like, you know, 3000 rating, I'm like, okay, I know objectively I'm worse than this person. Like, it's just the way life is. <laughs> it's just the way life is. Right. Like I can't deny it. No matter, no matter, no amount of tricks can make my brain think I'm actually better. I always convince myself that like I can win this game, but it's, you know, you're really doing battle with your brain in those spots. So like sometimes when I don't know at all, it's like it's freeing. I'm always like, maybe I'm getting paired down to some low rated person. And that happens sometimes where I think I'm playing somebody lower rated and I'm just trying to beat them. I'm just trying from like some drawn or slightly worse or slightly better position. And I'm doing things I would never do if I knew that they were like some 2,900 GM. Uh, and that, that happens quite often when I don't know who my opponent is. Which I didn't know is, you could do focus mode on your phone. That's, I'm going to try that actually for Blade. You can't. You can't. That's why I prefer to play on like focus mode. I see. Yeah. I, I so when I'm on my phone, yeah. yeah, when I'm on my phone, I know who I'm playing, which is a big disaster. But you still, hey, it, you know, beating a 3000 at the gym, you know, while talking to people, that's a pretty huge flex. So, oh, yeah, it was cool. It was cool. I was worse too. Did the people around you uh, appreciate what was going on, or they were just like, oh. uh, they all, everyone in the gym stopped and applauded. Nice. No, nobody. <laughs> everyone had. Uh, I didn't believe you. Left. I didn't believe you for a second. <laughs> everyone had left because the class. Uh, there was like a few stragglers still there. Class had ended, so I was just kind of hiding in the corner playing. They like airplay your phone. That's where probably you know, it's a, so you could watch the. They could all watch the game mm -hmm. and cheer you on. Closing minutes. Mm -hmm. Be pretty good. Uh -huh. All right. Next question. Uh, where's your favorite place that you've ever played chess? Played like over the board. Oh, you know, well, one. I just thought about like. So many places popped in my head. I have to pick okay. one. You got to pick one. Yeah. You know what? I can only pick one. If I say a second one, I'm like kicked off the show. Nah. All right. Um, here's okay. I'm just. This is the first place that popped into my head. It's probably not my like. If I had more time, I might pick a different answer. But I really like Luxembourg Park. In I'm I'm going outside of the USA because it's boring if I say the USA. Like we all right, know, right. St. Louis is cool and New York is cool. Um, but this Saint this Luxembourg Park in France is really cool. It's like a good vibe, strong opposition, lots of players, lots of fans. Like whenever I'm playing, there's lots of people watching. So I, I really like the vibe there. Yeah, I've Luxembourg never been Park in Paris. Oh, is it Luxembourg Paris? Park in Paris. Uh, yeah, it's it's this. See, I'm, I've never been to Paris, Paris, so I'm a I'm a oh, troglodyte. You're close. You should go by. Yeah, you should check out Luxembourg Park. It's a really good chess park. I think it's the best in the world. So on, on my scholarship, I'm not actually allowed to like leave my Denmark for, for more than 14 days, I think. So it's very hard for me to coordinate travel. So I have to like- 14 leave. total days the whole time you're there or yeah. in a row? No, it's 14 total oh. days. Yeah, it's, it's kind of something I didn't know because I was kind of hoping to do like mm -hmm. a lot of, uh, I mean, I, it makes sense because I'm, you know, the, the, you integrate with the country or whatever. I'm only here for a few months. Sure. But yeah, I, I, I actually, I went to France for the first time a couple of weeks ago. Um, and it was, I, I was in Strasbourg though. But I really liked it. Okay. Really nice. Yeah. Um, good food. Really good atmosphere. Yeah, France, a good country, huh? Yeah. That's some, geez, some dirty, thought? dirty Yankee. <laughs> yeah, who would have thought? Some no good uh, American causing trouble in Europe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Next question. Uh, who is your favorite chess player of all time? Oh, my goodness. Um... I'm really making you work. Well, it's just tough. Like it's how I do. like. I don't. I don't usually have favorites, but like I'm gonna pick somebody that I think was cool. 
but I like a lot of things. But I, I guess I'll pick Lasker <laughs> just because uh, he was he was like real. He used psychology a lot. He was like a real chess fighter back in the day when like I don't think that was quite a thing. Um, he would he would just really know how to use psychology in like the late 1800s, early 1900s in order to like unnerve his opponent. And he was really good. He was like, I would say the first modern player. Mm-hmm. Like Steinitz who came before him, a great player. But like, if you look at his games, kind of like a coffee house player. <laughs> Just like, he did the best with the materials he had back then. Like no joke, I'm sure today he would be like really good. But like, if you look at his moves, they're not, like he, his strength is not that high. Like I believe my pure strength based on specifically how he played them, I'm just better than he was. But Lasker, I don't, Lasker is like the first player where I'm like, okay, he's probably better than me. Um, you just look at his games. They look modern. He knows about two bishops when other people don't seem to care about it. Like they'll just go bishop g4, Lasker will get h3. They'll take the bishop or he'll trade the bishop for the knight. And then he'll just like slowly, you know, grind them down. He did this to Steinitz in their, world championship matches there was a lot of games that Lasker won with two bishops that I was like I was looking at all the world championship games I'm like whoa this is like a real chess player now. wow yeah and it's like it's like modern facing like the kind of you know pre-modern chess player that was the first time I felt like I really saw that um and then every champion after just kind of like added something to it like right. Capablanca was just more refined Alakine added the calculation and the energy so, but Lasker's like, I like, I like looking at his games. I feel like they're a little underappreciated because they're not like as flashy. Like there'll be games where he's just down a pawn for nothing against one of the best players in the world. He somehow wins. Like, and I'm just, like, I, there's a few of these games that pop out in my mind and I just feel like they're really instructive because it just teaches like fighting chess, like how to keep a game going when you're, everything's going against you, you know, and there's no like flashy tactics. There's no... There's no diagram moments, you know, but mm-hmm. I, I, I look at like a lot of his games, like hundreds. But why? Just cause or you research? Or... Uh, I was I was going through this phase where I just wanted to like learn the history of chess. So I would look at every world championship match and every major tournament, which I defined somehow, I forget. Um, and I would look at whoever won the tournament. I would look at all their games, every single one of them. And Lasker was winning a lot of tournaments. So I would end up seeing a lot of his games. And I did this like up until like, I don't know, mid-1930s, and then I kind of, like, moved on to other projects. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got a good feel for last year from that. Yeah, well, I mean, I didn't, I didn't even know a lot of this stuff. Now I'm going to go look at some of these Lasker Steinitz games <laughs> while I'm editing this. Yeah, game. the first, those World Championship matches, the ones where Lasker plays, like, D4 and just kind of, like, wins these positional, like, these games are, like, nothing's happening. It's probably, like, nothing like Steinitz had ever seen in his life, you know, because they're all sacrificing things, and Last year was playing like a true positional player that I guess never saw anything like it from before 1895 or whenever their matches were. Well, uh, next question I have is uh, what's the most memorable, mem- sorry, what's the most memorable tournament you've ever played? Tournament? Um, boom, 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 boom. I guess when I got my first GM norm. I like how I say first GM norm as though there's many. <laughs> but, you know, I was like, yeah yeah um it was just a really good tournament it was in bermuda which is nice that's by the way also a nice place to play chess Mm -hmm. one game a day made lots of friends hung out with people um and i played really well so 
And I got my GM norm by crushing the Scandi, which is also really Oh right, really you good. hate the Scandinavian. I've I didn't even I didn't even think about asking about this at all. It's okay. It's like, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to get over it. I'm trying to like let the anger go. But the final game I had to win with white, it was against the Scandinavian. So And you did what you had to do. I did it. I did it. I was crushed playing... that open. Oh man, crushed it. When I was uh, when I was playing uh, dur- during when COVID started, I was like 1400, 1300 online, and I hadn't. Mm-hmm. So, I bought this John Bartholomew course on Chessable, this uh, Scandinavian, this QD8 Scandinavian mm-hmm. course, and it instantly gave me like 200 rating points. I was shocked about it. Like, I really oh. was the first time ever studying opening, and then I got a, mm-hmm. a, a coach, a GM coach, and and he's like, okay, what well, you play? I sent him some of these games. He's like, oh, just play the Karakon. It's a better Scandinavian, and that's always <laughs> that's always stuck with me. So now I play the Karakon now. So I call the Scandinavian like Karakon. Because of how I used to play with like QD8 and stuff. Yeah, the one problem with the Karakon though is you do have to deal with the advanced variation, which is not a type of thing you have to deal with in the Scandinavian. The Scandinavian is a simpler Karakon, I'd say. Yeah, I actually, I don't <laughs> really objectively, ever, yeah. I, I, maybe the highest level, there's a lot of problems, but I never ever have problems with the advanced. I actually have a really good race. I have the hardest well, problem with the of attack. I don't know why. But I've never been. I've yeah. always been too lazy to, to learn the exchange panovs and stuff like that. Way too lazy. I get crushed, just blown off the board. Like, well, just memorize the courses. Unchessable. <laughs> just memorize the Irwin Lamis. I own that one. Yeah. But I. Yeah, just just do it. Just do the work, and then you'll be fine. You learn a lot of. You learn a lot from that structure. The panov structure is one of the most interesting. And oh, I don't know what line they give them. Do they give the two knights coming out? Or do they give you yeah, the two nights. The two the nights. Modern, okay, yeah. that's what I play. But I, yeah, I, I mean, it's fine for black, but it's like you have to memorize some stuff. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's kind of where I'm at in my chess career right now, where I'm kind of realizing the only way I'm going to kind of improve from where I'm at is to, like a lot of serious work. So it's kind of just trying to find time, a couple hours. You got the tools. What do you mean? You just press the button on your phone, and the, the moves pop out at you unchessable yeah and then and then i like i I'll, I'll but then the hard thing for chessable for me you know i love chessable whatever mm-hmm. but um when i was you know I'll, I'll do a week of good chessable stuff i'll forget to do mm-hmm. it for a day because i'm you know mm-hmm. busy we're working a full-time job sure. and then i see review variations 1770 you know things i just do not I, i'll see that and i just oh I, I just will like, I'll give up. I'm just like no chance, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I will like not touch Chesswell for three weeks. So I just oh, bought well. a King. I'm learning the King's Indian now because I'm completely switching my repertoire. So I, I bought one of these like simplified King's Indian. I didn't buy a lifetime repertoire mm-hmm. this time because it's just it's too ambitious for me. I think like for sure. Now. Yeah, always start with the simple and then slowly yeah. expand, yeah, but very exactly. slowly. And some of these lines that the chessboard courses give, I mean, there's like 35 moves along that you have to memorize. It's like, I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm just, you don't have to memorize those probably. I, I, press you can... pause, I press pause very easily on those and I just never see them again. Yeah. One of the best skills that you can come up with is figuring out which ones to, like prioritizing well, you know, like yeah. figuring out which ones to learn and which ones are just not important enough to fill space in your brain. Right. Um, just a couple more questions here. Four more. First sure. Of all, let's do what's it. Your favorite game that you've ever played? Chess game. Yeah, chess game. I don't know. If you know. <laughs> Sorry, I played so many games. Yeah. Um, well, first one. It's instant, so I can just pick the first one that pops into my head. Exactly. Right? Yeah. All right. I mean, there's probably others, but I had this game against Josh Waitzkin. I was tweeting about it recently. 
where there's this like really cool novelty that like everyone, there's this really cool move in the dragon that everyone loves. Where it's like Rook takes C2 in this one variation where the opponent's bishop can take it, the queen can take it, and the king can take it. And literally the rook is not protected by anything. I'm just randomly taking a pawn and you can capture it three ways. Um, and this is like a move that everyone now knows is good for black. Uh, and it's written everywhere. And I played it in a tournament and I don't think it's published anywhere. I played it before that. I figured it out over the board. I spent like 30 minutes thinking about it. I was like, could that move actually be good? And I was just like, wow, that would be like the coolest thing I've ever done in my life if I play that move. And I, you know, you look at a move like that and your first instinct is like, it can't be, but let's just investigate just in case. And the more I would look, like the better it would look, like the, the more it would look yeah. like, you know what? I can do this. I can play this move and I will be like the coolest person in the world. <laughs> so I played I play the move. Um, I, I, I wasn't sure, like it was so complicated. I didn't know if it was good or not. And then my opponent, Josh, he thought for like, Josh Waskin, by the way, the guy yeah, the, from yeah, you know, searching for Bobby, Bobby Fisher. Fisher yeah. yeah, yeah. The time he was higher rated than me, he thought for like forty-five minutes trying to figure out what to take it with. Everybody looking at my board. It was at the World Open, so it was like a big tournament too. Mm -hmm. So I just like that game because to find that move over the board when like everyone thinks like people just talk about how like it's this really cool move. I'm familiar with it actually because I used to play the dragon. Are you? I, I, yeah, I, the I, Rook C two move. You know what I'm talking about with Knight yeah. takes D four and B five. Yeah, like. Because he took on a seven. And at the time we thought that was silly, but like we didn't really understand why. And I just, yeah. So side so question. that was, was yes. this when, the, did you play him back when there was like all this hype or was he a little older at that point? I was a little older. It was like, maybe I was 18 and he was 20. Maybe mm -hmm. I, was, I don't remember my age exactly. Like, yeah, he was like, maybe a little bit higher rated than me at the time, like 70 points. Yeah, I'm gonna look for this game. I, and I hope it's published somewhere. I don't know if it's published. So I'll, look, I'll look. I'll look. I'll let you know. Yeah. I okay. Only a couple. I know there's another yeah. game of mine against him that is published. That was another memorable game because I, I, by beating him, I got my first I am not. Ah, I see. Um, but anyway, go on. Next yeah, question. Just, shoot. Just a couple more shoot games. it at me. First of all, like, what's your favorite game that someone else has played? I don't know if there's like one oh, game boy. that you think that like you know it's just yeah. Like, let me again, think. I'm just, wait, I'm just waiting for something to pop in my head. Okay, okay, I got one. It's the first one that popped into my head. <laughs> yeah, um, it's Shirov's Bishop H3. I just feel like that moves like... Do you know what I mean when I say Shirov's Bishop H3? Um, no, unfortunately, I, 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 I'm... It's a, yeah. it's a bishop so opposite color endgame. Oh, that uh, one, yes. Topolov, Shirov. Yes, classic, yes. Yeah. In the endgame, the, 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 yeah. Uh, the other candidate would be short. Well, I don't, short's king walk to h6. That's but my like, yeah, yeah. That that bishop h3 move to me, it's my favorite because it's just like I can't, I I can't imagine playing it. <laughs> I it's just a really hard move to play, like really hard, and it's like it's not a tactic really. It's it is, but it's not like anything you've ever quite seen before. It's mind mind melting. It's yeah. It's yeah. Like like I'm good at tactics, right? Like rook takes pawn, and you know, or just like sacrificing your queen or whatever. Like this stuff to me, I might figure it out. But something like that, that was like, what the hell is going on here? It was um, so I thought that was. I, I would say that's like. That's my answer for now. Yeah, that's uh, that's. I always love looking at that game. That's. Uh... 
It's it's under it's a kind of underrated. Shirov in general, I feel like we could have had. Mm, I don't know run. if it's underrated. No, but the thing is, let's say people in my generation, I feel who are getting oh, yeah. into chess now, just because you yeah. know everyone knows the champions. But Shirov, he should have played Kasparov. The the fact that they never oh, got a would... match is criminal. It's criminal. He would have like, lost by a lot. He would have got demolished. I mean, sure, <laughs> sure. But I mean, I still think that match. I still think yeah. that match should have happened. Like Shirov, it should have happened. He earned his right to play that match. The problem with Shirov is he was just like Kasparov light. Like their style was like identical. Uh, identical is a strong word, but very, very similar. Except Kasparov was better in like every way, mm-hmm. which is why Kasparov had this just monstrous high score against them. Like right. I think like plus a million or something. I can't remember if Sheriff's ever beaten them. Maybe one time. And the Kasparov won like 10 plus. I'm actually going to Google this. Yeah. Wow. Kasparov beat Sheriff 16 to 0 with 15 draws. Yeah, I'm telling like, it was not going to be a close. It was going to be ugly. So Sheriff maybe saved himself some torture. I still think that. But it's nice. Just playing, it's true. Just playing a world championship match kind of raises your name in the. Kind of chess lore, and like he earned his right to play it. Yeah, so that's kind of what I was there. trying to say. That's kind of what I was trying to say. But all, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you know, you, know, you really never know, right? Like, uh, everything happens for a reason. Even the splitting of the title, right? It got reunified at some yeah. point. Yeah, but it's funny he beats Kramnik, and then Kramnik beats Kasparov. Yeah. yeah, it's funny how that works. Anyway, just two more questions. First one: This is going to be a, right. uh, a little bit of a. We didn't really talk much about poker. We should have talked a little more about poker, but. Do you prefer chess yeah, it's or all poker? good? Chess. Chess? Yeah. Not close. Not close. No. There you go. Is there any reason or you just, you know, just played it longer? I mean, poker is just like chess never gets chess is just richer, just a richer game by far. Um I I it, it's just not it, poker is like at some point, like you're you know, you're doing as best as you can to like play the best game theory that you can. And then even when you do the right thing, you know, like it's going to give you like a 1% edge or <laughs> it's just not, it's just not as interesting at all, especially now, like when, when the game's so, so enriched, like so much computer analysis has been done in, in poker to kind of figure out the best game theory play in so many different situations. And it's like, there's nowhere, there's nowhere to go from there. It's, it's not a solved game, but it's like close to it. Like it, it's very hard to come up with like something new or something like beautiful, I think. Um, it's also like just lots of boring downtime. Um, yeah. I mean, I, so I don't really play much poker I, aside. Like I, I'll get crushed by my friends, you know, where we, we get, we do a little. Yeah. Game. And it's a game that like, most people don't want to play unless it's for money or it's chess you don't it's just a beautiful game on its own right so i I just don't think it's close in my in my opinion yeah last question is i don't know this is Mm -hmm. i'll be interested here to answer i know what your least favorite opening is but what is your favorite opening favorite opening oh gosh see here's the thing (laughs) i i did this thing a year ago which has been was a great idea i was like or two years ago or whatever the beginning of the pandemic was and i needed to i was kind of needed something to do i was like i'm gonna learn some real chess openings i'm gonna learn them and i'm never gonna study a new opening again i'm just gonna play those for the rest of my life because i had this problem where i played garbage openings because i was too lazy to study like the real ones Such as? and it kind of hurt me i like the dragon I mean, dragon's not garbage but i didn't I, you know it's like i didn't play it 
it's not great also um against d4 i don't even remember if i had an opening i played like the nimzo indian but i didn't really know what i was doing in most of the lines so i'm like i'm gonna learn this stuff for real like real hardcore just spend lots of time on it and because what would happen is i play these kind of weak openings for white and black and then when i do want to play in a chess tournament for fun i know my openings suck like it's just something i know that they're not good at my level and that's an annoying feeling to always have. Like you always feel like you're just kind of like at a disadvantage. So I, I wanted to fix that, learn my openings and I'm never switching them again. I'm playing E4, E5 for black. I'm playing the Grunfeld. Uh, for white, I'm playing E4 against every line. I'm playing the same crap that I've learned. <laughs> and I, I know it doesn't answer your question. Um, I can I say my favorite opening, I guess just E4, E5 stuff like this Marshall Gambit. Um, I like I like to play the Marshall. There's a lot of discourse just because I learned a lot now. By the way, yeah, I learned it from Jan Gustafsson, of course, and it's just like pretty good, <laughs> and I know the, it well. The, the chessable one. Yeah, always. Yeah, the chessable course. That's crazy. Although that's the only one I learned from the chessable course. The other ones I learned in my own, pretty much, or using resources outside of a chessable course, like like books and whatnot. Uh, I wouldn't say books exactly, like chess base and stuff oh, like yeah. that. That's something um, that I feel the like. The thing is, it's too dank for me. What's up? Chess. No, it's like it's too dank for me to use chess base. I would have no clue how to study openings, like aside from just picking apart games and. Oh yeah, I mean, I know how to. Use, I, I was working hard at it for months, and I studied them. Like, I used chessable to like memorize them. And I gotta be honest, I let my chessable streak elapse one time, one day. I don't even know what happened, and since then I've just been like kind of not doing it. But the knowledge base that I built up from that, like, I don't know, six month period of like intense study. I think it's going to last me a lifetime. Yeah. Um, I know it's like totally not the question, but I just think it's an interesting thing. Like how much value there is into just deciding you're going to learn some real openings. Like real, because when an opening is real, you don't have to, you can just play it forever. Right. It takes some initial work and then like you're just set. And I play these things online and I get good positions against everybody, you know? That's that, that I, I switched from uh, from E4. I played E4 like throughout college or whatever, and I decided like I'm yeah. gonna switch to D4 because I just felt like okay. the, the positional, like more kind of closed positions, more pieces. I, I kind of thought that, that that suited the way I actually like to play now, now that my mm -hmm. style has matured. And I mean, I'm getting beaten up right now, like online because it's like completely new. I, I, oh, yeah. But it's part of the experience. So I, I'm, I'm yeah, it can't hurt at your, at your level to get like right. some experience with new right. things. Um, it makes sense. It's just like for me, I don't want to spend lots of time in chess. I just want to like occasionally play in things and not feel like totally outclassed in the opening. Right. So I feel like the work I did using chessable and chess base and other tools is really just going to last forever. I can already feel it. Like I don't work, I don't study chess at all anymore, like zero. <laughs> but when I play in Title Tuesday, I still know like. A little bit about what i'm doing and i know that i'm not playing something that's garbage yeah which is nice like they can't just take advantage of me because i'm playing something bad so it's a good it's also it's i always love you know every time you see like at the highest level people use a novelty that was in a chessable course and somebody's like just oh yeah because somebody else is mm -hmm. isn't buying the chessable courses and just gets destroyed mm -hmm. some lines <laughs> You know, some like twenty five hundred mm -hmm. GM crew found or whatever. I I love that because it just tells you how valuable these these things are. Really, I mean, I'm not sponsored by Chessable or anything, but I just think that that's really cool. Uh yeah, and they're just making so many of them these days. It's like any opening you want to play under the sun is is just out there, you know.
Except the Grob. I'm still waiting for lifetime repertoires of the Grob. 1G4. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe that'll be it's not a good open. Hey, hmm? don't. It's not good. It's not a good draw on, on the home home court. I don't. You know, know what I do think is an underrated opening though. Is, it one is, is one beat. B three. I think B three okay. is a little underrated. Yeah, like people talk trash about it, but it's like it's not so bad at all. I don't think it's bad at all. I think it's actually really good if you just yeah. want to get like a playable position. I have no theory. I think it's it's a really smart decision to use actually. Also, it's well, a I Danish think even opening because a... it's like Nimzo and Larson. They're both Danish players. Nimzo moves to oh. Copenhagen. So okay. it's it's yeah. like the, so I got to play OTB in Denmark. I've decided mm-hmm. to play. I'm trying to play in the club championship in my neighborhood here, and there're gonna be a lot of strong players. But I I know one of these rounds, whatever the situation is, I'm just gonna play one B three, cross my fingers and just say it is what it is in honor of Denmark. Cool, it's cool. me for a couple of months now. Yeah, one B four is not bad either, actually. Well, <laughs> the problem with that move is. Yeah, I mean, I guess it, it just seems a little committal. Yeah, of Black course. Like it's a tempo when they go E5. But I, th- I think, you know, with G4, the one thing I'll say is I don't even play G4 anymore except in, sometimes in Bullet. But if somebody decides to play G4 against me, I will always respond with G5. And it doesn't matter, you know, how tilted I am, if I'm trying to get mm-hmm. to some certain... Because it's just respect for somebody who's going to play the grob. you got to double grob. And I don't know if you've ever heard of the Coca-Cola Gambit, which is G4, G5, F4. That's actually called the Coca-Cola Gambit. You should check that out. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I'm not making this up. I don't. I try not to drink too much Coke these days. I drink so much Coke because, like, the sun goes down at like two thirty three now. So, like, I need energy. No, three, yeah, three p.m. Oh, and I just need energy. Are like, you, ma- you going to be there when? Are you going to be there till when it's like nice, though, right? Yes, I'm here good. until July, hopefully. So, so right, thank I, goodness. It was really nice the first two months I was here. I was like, wow, it's gorgeous. But like mm-hmm. now, I just, I, I didn't, I did not drink Coca Cola for years because I like. I, I, I like gained so much weight drinking Coca-Cola in high school. Like I just cut it. I got to like, you know, mm-hmm. I just, it was just really bad for me. But now I've just been chucking Coke like every day. Just, I just, cause otherwise I fall asleep at like three. It's terrible. Like my sleep schedule is destroyed. So mm-hmm. <laughs> the name and lifestyle is this, you know, I'm not a Viking to say the least, but it is what it is. Yeah. Well, anyway, I know you're, uh, I know you're, you're, uh, I'm sure you got, you got a lot of stuff to do, but uh, it's almost midnight here. Super busy. <laughs> This is amazing. Um, I, love, I, I love this episode. Very laid back. A lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me on the show. Would be love to have you. Maybe I'll try to get you and your sister together on an episode. That'd be cool. Oh, wow. Maybe I'll try to organize that. Because I know your sister has mm-hmm. this big book coming out. So She does. I'm sure she's going to want to talk about that. It's yeah, gonna cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get her again because we, we, she asked me. Um, so, guys, stay cool. tuned for that. Uh, that was my favorite episode. You guys should check that episode out with, with Jennifer Shahadi. Um, she's doing a lot of really important work on uh, gender equality in chess, and is just an amazing chess player in her own right. And you know, uh, but I don't know. This episode's been pretty good too. I I, I can't do a ranking right now, but uh, but it's it's, it's been a lot of. Fun. You don't need to rank. You don't need to rank podcast episodes. Yeah, that's not what that's not what it's all about. We're just you know talking. Yeah, you know. I'm if not, I knew this was a big competition, I would have done it a little differently. But it, you know, but that, that's I didn't want to put any pressure, you know, because I understand like mm-hmm. there's, there's mm-hmm. so much psychological discussions today, and I just didn't think it would be really pertinent. So, so yeah, but I I don't know I I, I really had it was my pleasure. I'm glad I'm glad we did this. Um, I hope we do it again a couple months if you're if you're down if you're free. And it seems like you're very flexible, so uh, I'll definitely let you know what I'm thinking. And uh, I hope uh, to my Dear beloved listeners, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of uh, 64 Chess Podcast. Um, stay tuned for more episodes. I got more things lined up January, February, March. Just hit that follow button, hit that subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a review if you like what you hear. 
Um, or if you didn't like what you hear, so I can improve things. Uh, I haven't gotten any negative reviews. I'm not saying you should leave negative reviews, but you could. Actually, I did get one about an air horn, and then I, I used to put an air horn in that instant insight. It's like a very loud, like MLG mm, air horn or whatever. Okay. Some of my listeners did, did not like that, so I got rid of it, and then they removed the bad review, which I thought was very classy, actually. Cool. Um, so yeah, that, that's all from 64 Chess Podcast Land. Uh, I want to give a special shout out to uh, Paul Harbright, my uh, platinum patron. Thanks uh, so much for supporting the show. If you want to get uh, some support for this channel, you can check me out at patreon.com slash 64 podcast. And uh, once again, special shout out to Ainchess for sponsoring this podcast. And uh, Greg, thanks so much for coming on. I look forward to hearing about uh, Pro Chess League stuff. I'm a big fan, like I said. And uh, yeah, that's all from uh, 64 land. And I'll see you guys uh, for the recap in a couple of days. Take it easy.